this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Okay, before we get going tonight, uh, it's pretty apparent we're going to receive communion here. I've been talking about the blood of Jesus for the last seven weeks. I want to recap last Wednesday night just real briefly because I believe it's important for everyone, everyone of us to understand the blood of Jesus Now, where I'm going to refer to is Revelations 12, verses 10 and 11. Verse 10 says that the accuser of the brethren, the brethren are brothers and Christians in Christ, me and you, and the accuser of the brethren is the devil, and it says in verse 10 that day and night he goes before Father God and he accuses us. And this is what I sense, that it's almost like in a court of law, And the devil tells Father God everything that you and me have done wrong. And he said, they've sinned, they've fallen short, they've they've done this wrong, they've missed your mark, they've missed the aim. And it says day and night, that's what he's doing. And so as, as believers, we have the opportunity to hear those accusations, those indictments that he brings against us. And the issue becomes when I start listening to him and believe in all that stuff. And what ultimately happens is a sense of shame and a sense of guilt comes on us. And that's because of him. I don't have to listen to that. And so when he accuses us day and night, Father God looks at us and says, how do you plead to those charges? And I can look and say, well, I've done this wrong, and I've done that and done that. Or I can look and I can say, Father God, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. Now that is a legal term that's used in a court of law. And so right there in front of Father God and in front of the devil, I say, I plead the blood of Jesus. Now when I plead the blood of Jesus, understand this, that any time that I I, uh, repent of my sins, the Bible says that God is faithful and just not only to forgive me, but to cleanse me. So when I've repented of my sins and in the name of Jesus, Jesus' blood comes and washes me. Now this is a nugget that we've got to get tonight. When he tries to accuse us day and night, when I repent of my sins and God forgives me, you know what God does? He throws my sin into the sea of forgetfulness. He throws my sin as far as it is from the east, from the west, so God forgets it. So I'm not lying. When I say, Father God, I plead the blood of Jesus, that's the truth. And you've got to receive that by faith. And so when we plead the blood of Jesus, the devil goes nuts. And he starts saying, objection, Your Honor. I appeal, I appeal, I appeal. They've done this wrong, and they've done that wrong, and they've sinned, and they've fallen short of the glory. And you know what Father God says? Let me see the evidence. Let me see the proof. And our advocate, Jesus, strolls in. And he has his blood. And he shows the Father the blood. He shows the nail prints in his hands. He turns and shows him the stripes on his back. And Father God says, I declare you innocent. For no other reason but the blood of Jesus. Who? some of you ought to stand up and shout. I tell you, when I think about that, that right there, I can stand before the eternal God and say, Father God, I don't come by my own merits. 
I don't come because I've gone to church for 23 years. I don't come because I have a 27-year Sunday school pen. I come because of the blood of Jesus. I come for that reason alone. Woo, that's, that, that, that will change your life. So when God forgives me of my sin and he forgets it, I need to learn to forget it. And when the devil tries to bring up your past, he says, I plead the blood. And the blood said, I'm free. And the blood says, I'm washed. Now, I want to begin tonight in the book of Matthew, chapter 26. Matthew 26. And I'm going to tie all this together just through the Word of God. Let me tell you guys, get a hold of the Word, okay? Man, I, I, I believe in the times we live in, it's very important that you grab a hold of the Word of God. We started, I don't know, 15 weeks ago, and we talked about the importance of the Word. We're talking about the significance of the blood, and just as they sang la uh, the last song, next week we're going to start talking about the name of Jesus. And I'll tell you, the, these things will get on the inside of you, and they'll change you, but get a hold of the Word. Matthew 26 Begin with me in verse 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. Now, that, that's, that's wonderful right there when he says, all of you. And I want to highlight that just a little bit here briefly. I'm probably going to re reference it several times tonight. But in the Old Testament, the only one that could come into the presence of the Lord, the only one who could come in there and partake of, of, of everything he had was the priest. But right here, he's telling us, all of you can partake of this. If you're born again, you've received Jesus as the Lord, you can partake of this. And he ends in verse 28. And he says, for this is my blood of the new covenant. Now, the only way a covenant could be established was by the shedding of blood. He ends in verse 28 and says, which is, the sh is shed for the many for the remission of sins. And so we've said for a couple weeks that the blood of Jesus is the only stain stick for mankind's sin. You're never going to get away from, from what you've done in your past because of your good works. That's what religion does. So when I begin to speak the blood, understand just what he said here. It was for the remission of my sins. It was to ratify. It was to validate. Every one of us in this room. So part of your heritage as, as a son and a daughter of God through Christ Jesus is I can partake of the broken body and I can partake of the, the blood. Now let's really dig in here because I believe you're going to see some things tonight and we're going to leave here differently. Go to 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. And as you're turning there, I've, I've received and, and I've participated in the communion elements of the Lord's Supper many times without truly understanding the significance of it. And I can say this, and this, this is not with honor at all. There's times that we get familiar with doing things. 
And even in the partaking of the Lord's Supper, the Lord never meant for it to be a thing of familiarity where it's just like, well, here's a little cup of juice and a cracker, a little evening snack tonight. But if I don't really listen to the Word of God and allow the Word of God to teach me in this, this is what can happen to us, that it just becomes a ritual, an empty ritual, and that's not what he was planning for it to be. Now, when I start reading here, in the, the church of old, when they would come together to partake of the communion elements, that was a night of celebration and a feast. Many of you have been to churches, maybe a lot, lot of denominational churches, they'll have meals at times. Well, this is what this, the early church would do. Before they partook of the communion elements, they would have a feast and they would eat, but often their motives were wrong. So we begin here in verse number 17, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 17. And it starts with conduct at the Lord's Supper. Now, in giving these instructions, I do not praise you, or I cannot praise you, since you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part, I believe it. Now, when he talks about their divisions among the church, a house divided in any arena cannot stand. So when he's talking about divisions in the church, why would that happen or how could it happen? Was it because of the age barrier between the young and the old? Was it because color of skin? Was it because of rich and poor? Was it because of gossip, jealousy? It could have been any one of those, but he's dealing with it here. And you know what he's telling us as a church? Knock it off. Let's get right. And I believe it's important that the brethren dwell together in unity. Now, man, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Keep reading. Verse 19. Or verse, uh, 19. For there must also be factions or divisions among you, so that those who are approved may be recognized among you. And he's talking here that those who are really genuine in the way they serve God, it's going to come out. Then we jump to verse 20. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. That's not what you're really interested in. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of the others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. Wow. What do you have houses to eat and drink in? Now listen to the words right here. Or do you despise the church of God? So when he's telling them here, and you're coming in here to partake of the Lord's Supper, and you've got the wrong heart for coming here, did you see the word right there he used? He said that you despise the church. And ultimately, and you shame those who have nothing. So evidently, there was something going on in the church of Corinth that when people came in and they didn't have anything, they were poor, they dogged them. They were ugly to them. Keep reading. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. 
So we go to verse 23, and this is talking about here the institution of the Lord's Supper. For I received from the Lord that which I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Specifically, this is my body that was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup in the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, once again, this is significant for me and you because we can partake of that. I don't have to have a priest give it to me. And when I, I see the word twice in there that we do this in remembrance of him, this applies in two ways. We go backward about Jesus' death. We remember how he died. But we also go forward and understand this. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. This is the significance of the Lord's Supper that we can look and remember. He paid a price for every one of us. A huge price. Verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Now, if you'll note in there, he said, for often as you eat this. I cannot find anywhere biblically, and if you can show me biblically, I would welcome it. But I cannot find biblically anywhere where it says, you have to take it every day, once a week, once a month. It just said as often as you do it. So we take communion around here at least quarterly on Sunday mornings, and we love to do it at, at Christmas and that. But one of the reasons we do it just quarterly and everything, I want it to be a big deal. I don't want people to come in here and say, hey, hey, a little juice tonight. Woo! And most of the time when we serve communion around here, it's the real communion bread. Now tonight... You're getting past your secret recipe, oyster crackers. But it's not the reason we do it, okay? Now, he really digs in here, starting in verse 27. And the subtitle above this is Examine Yourself. Examine Yourself. Now, remember, as often we do it, we do it in remembrance of him. It was two-dimensional. His broken body the bread, and the blood, or the cup. There's significance with both of those. So we start here in verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner or in an irreverent manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Now there's a warning here that we can partake of it in an unworthy manner. We can do that. We can come down there and just in a generic way partake of it. But if you'll know what he said here at the end of verse 20, he said, but you will be guilty of the body and the blood of Jesus. In other words, you will be guilty of sinning against him. You will be guilty of not respecting, honor, or reverencing what he did. I don't want to be guilty of that. 
I want to be able to say, thank you, Lord Jesus. I, I recognize what you did. Verse 28. But let a man examine himself. Now, I'm charged here to examine myself. What would that mean? To me, to examine myself is I've got to look into my own life and I've got to check my motives. But also, I believe part of this, and he gets into judging ourselves later on, I believe it's an opportunity for me and you to get our hearts right. It's to look and say, man, Lord, I examined myself, and I got sin in my life. I got unforgiveness in my life. And there's reason that he tells us to do this, because look what he ends with in verse 28, and he says, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So after we've examined ourselves, he said, then partake. Now we're going to do this here tonight. We're actually going to live this out. But he goes in in more depth in verse 29. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy or irreverent manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. The New Living says, he, he brings God's judgment upon himself. Why? I wasn't willing to examine my own life, and because I wasn't willing to examine my own life and repent of it, God's going to do it. And it's not good when that happens. So it's important that we learn this biblically, that when we come in here to partake of this, this has significance. There is so much power and victory in this if we'll get a hold of it, and I believe we will tonight. So he goes on to say, He who eats judgment to himself, now listen to this, not discerning the Lord's body. Now I think about a couple things right here. First of all, I must confess my sin and get my heart right with him. But if I don't confess my sin and I go ahead and partake, and you can partake, but it'll be done in an, in, in an unworthy manner. You're guilty. You're guilty of fraud is what he's talking about. And you make what Jesus did for you of no effect. Then he gets over on the next thing. And it's that what I just read. Not discerning the Lord's body. So what we do when we don't discern the Lord's body. We don't come in and we say. Lord Jesus. I know what you did for me on that cross. I know how you were beaten and you were bruised and they put a crown of thorns on you. And I know that you had 39 stripes on your back. And I know what they did to your hands and your feet. And I know that they gashed your side. I know everything they did. But if I don't remember the Lord's body, it's not good. I've got to stay on that. Now, there's se severe or serious consequences when I don't discern the Lord's body. You want to see what it is? Look at this. Verse 30. For this reason or this cause. Now the only reason or the only cause that we can find in there is two. Number one, I didn't examine myself. Or number two, I didn't discern the Lord's body. And so when you look at this, what he's really talking about here is a self-induced judgment. A self-induced punishment. And he says... For this reason, many are weak, many are sick, and many sleep. You know what he's talking about? They die. 
they die. Now, I don't know if you've ever taken the Lord's Supper very serious, but when I really begin to dig in and read this, I look and I think, this is some serious stuff to God. For this reason, many are sick and weak and to the point of death. Pay close attention to what he goes on with in verse 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged by God. Once again, how do I judge myself? I believe it's very important that you and me, when we repent of our sins, we become very specific for our sins. We just don't kind of throw a blanket out there. We become very specific of the sins in our life. And not only do we confess them, we renounce them. Verse 32. But when we are judged, we are chastened or disciplined by the Lord. That we may not be condemned with the world or we may not be condemned along with the world. So he puts it all back on us and he says, listen, when you partake of this, do it in remembrance, but remember, get your heart right. Number two, discern the Lord's body properly. Whoo, I'm running out of time. Jump with me real quick to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John 1. You may hold your place here. I'm going to try to come back there. We may not get back there. 1 John 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So what did he say right there the blood of Jesus would do for me? It would cleanse me of all sin. How does it cleanse me of all sin? When I repent. When I repent and I ask the Lord to cleanse me. Okay, That's big, we understand it. Jump way back in the Old Testament to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53. Now, where I'm going here in Isaiah 53, there's two references that say the same thing in the New Testament, but not in as much detail as Isaiah gives us. Uh, Matthew 8.17 and 1 Peter 2.24 both say exactly, but just not in depth like Isaiah 53.5. Begin with me here in Isaiah 53 verse 5. But he, Jesus, was wounded for our transgression. He was pierced for our rebellion. I like to say he was pierced for my rebellion. Keep reading. And he was bruised for our iniquities. He was crushed for our sins, is what the New Living says. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. He was beaten so we could be whole. Now listen to this. And by whose stripes we are healed. He was whipped so we could be healed. The reason I want to read that to you right there is to understand the two dimensions of what Jesus took for every one of us with his death. Number one, our sins. But number two, he paid a price so we could walk in health. Read that last part of verse 5. And by his stripes, we are healed past tense now I don't know that we're going to get back there 
But when I partake of the communion elements of the Lord's Supper and I do it in remembrance of Him, it's for my sin and it's for sickness. This is what it says here biblically. Now let me ask you some questions. Do you believe God still forgives us today? I do. 100% by the blood of Jesus. Do you believe that Jesus still heals today? I believe it. Old Testament, New Testament now. But there are many people who don't believe that Jesus heals, and some people have been taught that He doesn't heal anymore. But yet the same people that don't believe He doesn't heal anymore, they'll walk right down here, and they'll partake of the bread, and they'll partake of the cup. But when I think about what they're doing, that picture of what I just did doesn't make a lot of sense because in reality, they're negating half of what Jesus did. Now think about that just for a minute. So if I partake of the communion elements, but I don't believe that He heals me, you know what we've literally done? We've slapped Jesus in the face and because we haven't discerned of His body rightly, we are sick and weak and to the point of death. Whoo, Pastor, that's good preaching. Do you see the connection right here that He's talking about? So to correctly discern the Lord's body, I say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Your blood washed my sins and your broken body and your stripes, they made me whole. I walk in divine health because of that. And you may say, man, I don't believe that stuff. Well, you've got to read the Bible. I, like I said, I can take you right here into the New Testament and show you the Scriptures. 1 Peter 2 to 24 says, by His stripes we've been made whole. But a lot of times, because stinking religion and the traditions of man and ignorance... We've partaken in an unworthy manner. Now, I'm excited about tonight. I'm telling you, I am excited. <laughs> I've been like a little kid at the candy store today. I mean, I'm like, Lord, I, I sent you wanting to do something here tonight. Now, I want you to stand up with me. Stand up here. One of the words that it talked about in one of the translations I read to partake of the, the communion elements, listen to this, is to quietly reflect. Reflect what? What he did. Almost if he was saying, stand in a place of honor. As if he was here. Now here's what we're going to do. We're going to take just a little brief time here. And we're going to examine ourselves. We're going to judge ourselves just like he said. And that's personal. That's between every one of us and Jesus. You one-on-one -on -one with him. And then we're going to discern the Lord's body. Oh, Jesus, we recognize what you did. And I, I want you to know this, that 
when your heart is prepared, when you say, man, I'm forgiven because of the blood of Jesus. And Lord, I welcome your broken body. Not only do we come under the blood, we come under the broken body. You can come down here. And there's the stuff right there. And, and there's some trash cans here. I ask you right after you're done, be sure and put your cup in there. I want this to be real personal with you and Jesus. This isn't to impress me or impress anybody else. And listen, if, if you want to get it and you want to kneel, I ask you just to keep places open where people can come and go. But I personally believe this tonight. Some of you who've been dogged by guilt and shame in your life, you're going to be set free. I, I truly believe that. And number two, woo! I tell you, get ready. Some of you's bodies, they're going to come back in the line. I believe that. Some of you say, you're crazy. I don't I'm crazy. I'm full of Jesus. So let's right here. I'm going to shut up. And let's just quietly reflect. And you judge and examine and you discern the Lord's body. And then, like I said, make a move. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.